Welcome to our podcast, Parenting by the Pint. Enjoy the show! Welcome everyone to Parenting by the Pint. My name is Kara and this is Lauren. Hi everybody. And we are two Chicago suburban moms with five kids between us and we enjoy talking about, well we enjoy talking about everything, don't we Lauren? (laughs) We do these days. (laughs) Um, We even talk about things we don't enjoy. But we try to focus on beer and parenting topics, family topics, uh, personal stuff like that. Yeah, for sure. So tonight's no exception. We're going to get real serious, Mm. deadly serious. Um, (laughs) You'll learn more soon. But we're also going to talk about a a brewery from Michigan called yeah. Bells. Which it's a departure from our normal Illinois. Yeah, breweries. we're gonna we're gonna go on a little trip, you guys. Yeah. Um, over the border to Michigan, and we're gonna start by drinking Two Hearted Ale, which is one of the regulars. It's an American Pale Ale. Lauren's mm-hmm. gonna give us some fun facts while I pour this delicious beer. Yeah, the the Two Hearted that we know and love, or a lot of people know and love it was actually rated the number one beer in america in 2017 but this is the second version that they brewed of it the first version they brewed back in 87 this one was actually brewed in 97 they made some changes to it but anyways bells um has been around for quite a while it started in Kalamazoo, Michigan. Larry Bell started a homebrew supply store back in the early 80s, 83, I think. Uh, and it was called Kalamazoo Brewing Supply Company. Okay. Which is actually what he started brewing under. His first, uh, his first beer that he sold was in 1985, and he brewed it using like a 15-gallon soup pot or something <laughs> <laughs> and he brewed That's it good. under kalamazoo brewing company um and bell's beer is actually the first brewed and bottled beer by kalamazoo brewing company okay and so it became and that was it was larry bell that started it. so it became kind of known as you know bell's beer but it didn't turn into bell's until 2006 so when so, did he start it i'm sorry 85 was his first beer that he brewed okay wow uh, and i want to say sometime in the late 80s he had like or maybe early 90s he had like five employees um okay it started distributing into indiana and wisconsin in 90 illinois didn't come till 92 um, but yeah, it didn't change its name to Bell's until actually 2006. So wow, what a huge, right? what a long span of time. Yeah. So, and actually it was back in 93, the first Michigan brewery to open an on-site pub. Hmm. So everybody else just brewed and distributed, but they didn't actually have wow. any brew pubs until the early nineties. And now it's like breweries start everywhere the other direction yeah though, where you just start you get a with tap brew room pub. and brew pub and, and yeah then you distribute right it's super <laughs> common to do the opposite so yeah uh they started their first bourbon barrel age expedition stout in 2007 so they were oh, right yeah. up there with goose island yeah um, that's cool early i so. didn't know that beer was that old mm-hmm. yep and then um they actually have their own hop yard in michigan that they planted <laughs> in 2014 that's cool. Yeah, so kind of kind of cool. A lot of history there. Um, they're the seventh largest craft brewery in the U.S. and the number one family-owned brewery in Michigan. I'm not sure where they mm. stand throughout the U.S. on that. 
um, but they're still family owned and independent. They're not owned by any big conglomerates like a lot of other companies are. So nice. Yeah. So it's pretty cool. There's a lot of history there. Lots of, uh, lots of information. Um, they're in, they still have in Kalamazoo they have a location, but now they brew most of their stuff in Comstock, Michigan, which is only like, I don't know, less than 10 miles away from where they started. So, so what do you think of two hearted Lauren? I like it. It's different. It's what an American IPA, not a usual. Yeah, Um, I love the color. I like it. It's it's a great example, I think, of an APA in the sense that um, it's got that real bitter aftertaste. It's the aftertaste sticks with you. It's the beer style that when people say the words, "I don't like bitter beers," this is it. This is what they're mm-hmm. talking about. Yeah. They don't like this beer. Mm-hmm. I have plenty of friends who like IPAs and New Englands mm-hmm. and some of the more citrusy beers. But on they the, would on not the like this. Yeah, pale this. ale spectrum and like, the, but they do not like Two Hearted. <laughs> it's um. not my favorite. It's it's good. It's just not my favorite style. I think. sure. But, yeah, I know. I think yeah. that. All of these things that I just kind of mentioned that we've been drinking more of lately, you mm-hmm. know, the real juicy, hazy IPAs that are really, really trendy right now. They're so they, trendy. <laughs> but they they put your like palate in this perspective of like, this is kind of the beer that I'm into right now. And it's really refreshing and it's just yeah. got that zing, but it doesn't have this like this... This has a lot more to flavor it. to it. It's got a more hoppy... It is a heavier... Yeah. It's got... Do you want to use your favorite word? Do you want to talk about your favorite word? Y- you feel free. <laughs> well, I just think that the mouthfeel <laughs> on, this, on this beer kind of sets it apart from some of this stuff that we've been drinking lately. Is that it's just like a heavier, not creamier, just more textured um, it's more feeling. Fl- it's a different flavor palette than a lot of the typical ipas that are out right now so you're right there's so much more citrus and juicy especially with the the hazy ipa market is so oversaturated at the moment and this is the opposite of that so if you're looking for a you know apa that has more hoppiness has a little bit of that bitter aftertaste to it is not citrusy in the least it's got a great color to it it's got a good, it's got a good aroma. I, I do like the, the aroma to it. Man, 7%. I'm surprised. That's more that's than I would have expected. Than I, thought. I was like, you know what? I bet you it's got a lower hmm. ABV and maybe that's why we No, feel it's got the way more. We, I, but yeah, hmm. that's higher than I expected. Yeah. I'm not going to lie. Um, if, if you are looking for a departure from the hazy IPAs though. And some people are right now. For sure. I feel like this is a yeah. solid choice to get some more of that flavor, hoppy, bitterness that you are looking for in a classic kind of almost old school style, which makes me feel old, but like right? uh, well, of especially an IPA. With your beer, craft beer origins <clears throat> stemming from zombie dust, which is also an APA. Yes. So yeah. You know, for you, this kind of probably this takes you back a little for bit. For sure. Um, this is more of where I started, really, with yeah. that more bitterness to it. It sticks kind of with you, you know, with your taste buds 
more than some of the citrusy ones, which I feel like almost die out pretty quickly because they don't have that bitter aftertaste right. to it. This one I think sticks with you a little more. Um, again, it's, it's good for what it is. I don't think APA is my favorite. Mm-hmm. I do like it. Um, and I think it's a good departure from some of the kind of, like I said, oversaturated market that we have now. So I can totally see why this at one point was voted the number one beer in America of people. Well, it's one of my brother's favorite beers, really? actually. Okay. Yeah. Um, he drinks it quite often. Um, I haven't had too hearted in a while. Um, it's something I will order in a restaurant, mm-hmm. uh, but I don't generally buy very much of it yeah. uh, for home consumption. Mm-hmm. And I don't buy it to share necessarily because it really is so bitter. Um, yeah, it's definitely got that bitterness, but it's also available year round now. Yeah. So this isn't something that you're going to buy up. And maybe that's partially why I feel like the hazy IPA market is oversaturated in that a lot of them I buy because I'm not going to be able to get them in a month. Right. This you're going to be able to get year round they distribute it they're over three hundred thousand barrels now like the bells is huge you can get this yeah. on a regular basis they Pretty have a double anywhere. now too really? um yeah i don't remember when they first Should've did it that. but they have <laughs> i know that they brewed a double not too long ago um so they do have that as an option but um yeah okay. too hard it is one of their flagship like they're gonna have this anytime you look for it yeah. so um, well, yeah. cheers, Bells. Uh, you know, may may Bells never die. Ooh, there you go. And that should bring <laughs> us right around to our awesome topic of conversation. I wanted to bring it around for you. I did great, didn't I? Um, you did fantastic. So here we are. We're gonna we're gonna go serious. Although I don't think that we are going to dwell on it very long. But we are gonna talk a little bit about death, and we're gonna talk about yes. how do you how do you discuss this topic with your kids? Mm-hmm. How have you what? type of experiences have they had have you had um maybe i don't know if this is a direction you're gonna go where you maybe talk about your experience as a child Mm. um but that um yeah all of those things this is a topic that will come up in probably unfortunately everyone's parenting experience at some this point is something you're gonna have to talk to your so kids about eventually what have people you know how have we handled this i will say that a lot of people say and maybe you'll have this um anecdote but when you have pets it's a way to kind of introduce because obviously they don't live as long as people do we don't have any pets right we have no pets in our, our family really Um, No one that's been close to us has had that experience. Mm -hmm. So we haven't had to, we haven't had the opportunity or had to explain that. Um, I will say our first experience with, with death was actually my grandmother, which was two years ago now. Um, The twins are six and my oldest is eight. So I don't think my oldest um, really has any concept of, of loss at this point in terms of death. So he's autistic and doesn't have a whole lot of comprehension. He definitely misses people when they're not around, but I don't know how I would explain death to him. So that would definitely be a struggle. Right. If someone close to him, like my parents or something, passed away, I have no idea, knock on wood, how I would even breach that subject because even if we're gone from 
you know, if, if he doesn't see my parents for a couple of days, like my father is fantastic and takes him to therapy a number of days a week. And today he kept saying, grandpa, grandpa, where's grandpa? Um, so if he never came back around, I have no idea what I would do. Um, yeah. Yeah. Wow. So well, maybe I can yeah. help you with that because yeah. I actually maybe have a suggestion. Mm. Um, <laughs> so I found a book. It was recommended to me by my friend Rachel, actually, mm-hmm. and it's called Just Tell Me What to Say. Okay. And it's explaining, like, complicated situations hmm. to children. Okay. And one of the topics is death. I don't know if it goes into how you would deal with that with, sure, with a child that scenario, has other yeah. things going on that may complicate that conversation. Mm-hmm. Um, but what it does talk about, and which, and this we've done, okay. um, is that you're supposed to observe life cycles Hmm. so you you see a dead leaf on the ground and Mm -hmm. you point out that that leaf is dead and how do we know that it's dead well it's not on a tree Mm -hmm. it's brown and crunchy um and that means the leaf is dead sure not alive anymore what makes the leaf alive Mm -hmm. it's green and it's hanging from a tree and it's for that particular yeah thing yeah yeah and and so and then you can Ever, have you ever happened to encounter, you know, a dead animal on the side of the right, road or yeah. a dead bird that fell out mm-hmm. of a tree or any anything like that? You, <laughs> and you make the same observations. Oh, well, you know, this, is, this bird is not alive anymore. Well, what makes it not alive? Well, it's not breathing. It's not flying. It's not sure. eating. It's not doing the things that All make things birds that make alive. It alive. Yeah. Just like human beings. And you transition into Into talking about how, you know, human beings do the same things. We eat, we drink, we breathe, we spend time with other human beings. And when you're not alive anymore, you don't do any of those things anymore. (laughs) Um, And I think, for the most part, my kids have a a basic grasp Mm -hmm. of what that means. Um, Sure. I mean, I have a nine-year-old and a six-year-old. And so they're... They're not little baby little kids. Right, no. Um, but, you know, they're still pretty young, and they haven't had a lot of experience with death. The only um, encounter they've had is my father, my parents' dog okay. died. Um, and even my youngest probably kind of only sort of remembers him. It was mm-hmm. a few years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, and my oldest definitely remembers. Yeah. But he, we had already started doing this method of discussing the life cycle um because we knew the dog was older and we kind of thought you know and i've had family members um you know have medical issues Mm -hmm. that you know you kind of don't really know yeah you don't know how how long they have it's gonna go and what's gonna happen and so a few years back we kind of just decided that we needed to start discussing this in a general way before something happened to somebody okay um and that was you know, that was how we dealt That's, with it. And yeah. for the most part, it's funny whenever we, you know, we've talked about Marvel movies and watching stuff sure. like that. And, you yeah. know, and, and enemies and heroes and people yeah. die, people die. Yeah. In, those, in those movies. And, and the first thing my older child will say when a character dies, whether it was a significant character or just a random, is, mm-hmm. is that guy dead? <laughs> and I'll be like... Yeah. yeah. He yeah. fell out of an airplane. Yeah, he's definitely dead. Yeah. He's he's <laughs> not alive. And it's funny because after reading the book and, and going through it with them enough, I actually 
think I say not alive more than I say oh, interesting. dead. Yeah. And I, th- I think that's actually a good thing because yeah. I think that that helps them appreciate the difference. Sure. Because if they don't really know what dying is and you use the word die or dead, I don't... Yeah, it's hard for them to really place what that even means. But alive, yeah. and if you explain what alive means and you say they're not that anymore... Yeah. That's I, what the book talks hmm, about. And it's got a whole bunch of topics. Uh, you're okay. more than welcome to borrow it. Yeah, um, that's and actually... And flip through and see if there's anything in there that kind of helps you. For sure. Well, even even with, with all of your kids, just yeah. to kind of breach that topic. The, I mean... Yeah, the twins... Um, so my grandmother passed away two years ago. And right before she passed, we knew she was very close to the end. So me and the kids mm-hmm. flew down with my parents because they lived in Florida. So we flew down probably the beginning of March two years ago, and she okay. passed at the end of March. So within like three weeks of us visiting, she oh wow she yeah she passed. So, um, but the twins still remember. They remember great grandma. They remember meeting her. They know she she's not alive. Um, it, it kind of goes in spurts. Like my kids like the twins will ask about people that have passed away and they'll ask about my busha and jaja which are my mom's parents that they've never met they passed away when i was like eight like i mean they passed away a long time many years ago um but they've seen pictures of them so they'll ask and things like that but then their great grandma they remember meeting but they'll so so at christmas time my daughter made this like gingerbread sticker thing and they were on these candy canes and i'm like oh where are they going and she goes they're flying up past the aliens to heaven to say hi to great grandma and i was like (laughs) okay all right so you get the great grandma's not here and somehow there's aliens and if you go past the aliens that's where heaven is i guess pretty logical i mean if there are aliens if you're gonna make that judgment call they're definitely out in space which is what's directly above us so i mean that's that was her way of being like well she's up there somewhere past the aliens okay great we (laughs) had a heaven conversation actually Mm. my uh youngest and i just a few days ago Mm. and um and he was talking about he said if i go to heaven will you be there and i said when i was a little girl my dad used to say that if it wouldn't be heaven without whatever the thing is then Mm -hmm. it would have to be there so i used to always ask if my cat would be in heaven sure and he would say well yes because it wouldn't be heaven without your cat for you things that you wanted yes which is fair yeah and so i basically said the same thing to him and he said well then you would definitely be there because then it wouldn't be heaven without you mommy and i was just like oh that was beautiful thank you so much little one (laughs) well so my daughter thinks that you ride into a rocket ship past the aliens to heaven to you know is that how you get there i guess okay rocket ship somehow also, she wants to be an astronaut when she grows up. Well, correction. She used to want to be an astronaut when she grew up until my father decided to let her watch the Challenger blow up on what? TV. I don't think it was on purpose, but they were watching the SpaceX launch and they were replaying previous oh. things. Oh. And so now she doesn't want to be an astronaut because she's afraid that the rocket ship will blow up. Mm. And I was like, I mean, fair, but the odds of that, uh, you know, whatever. That's I fine. I get, get it. it. Like, yeah. so... Now she wants to be a monster truck driver, which is way more dangerous. So, I mean, to each their own. Um, wow, that's quite an interesting uh, yeah, career move. Right? So, anyways, whereas my twin boy says to me today, we were at dinner with my parents, and 
somehow my my grandmother's birthday was a couple of weeks ago and somehow okay. that came up um and he, he goes what happens to the box and i was like what what box are you talking about you know the one that great grandma was in when she was dead and i was like all right so the death thing we're okay with but you want to know what happens to the casket well yeah where i mean she was she was dead in a box where do they put it and i was like and who carries it and where does it go? And who, like, all of these logistical right. questions. Yeah. He's very concerned with how it gets to where it's supposed to go and where it goes and all of those, like, physical concrete things. Yeah. Like, he's... Well, my brother's... Yeah. One of my brother's kids was like that when their dog passed away. And he he asked all those questions. Mm-hmm. And, um, and, you know, the funny thing is, you know, my brother was obviously crushed to lose oh, his for pet. Sure. Yeah. And um and he's my nephew is just like rattling away at all, all these, these like, questions. So what yeah. happened when you took her to the vet? Did they yeah. just like bring her into a room and then mm-hmm. and then did they kill her or did she die? Yeah. And my brother was just like, oh, do I really need to answer all of these? This is yeah. hard enough. And where do that they would put be my her kid. body? Yeah. And what do they mm-hmm. do with it? And where is she now? Mm-hmm. And like, yeah, no, that would totally be my little boy. Like yeah. all of these well, like I questions. Think that's, yeah. I think that's pretty common. I think that that's a good thing for children to be inquisitive. Yeah. Um, it, because they're not trying to be more. No, they just don't know. Disturbing. How else do they learn unless they ask questions, which I totally get. And so then we're like, well, it's not a box. It's called a casket. Right. And the pallbearers are technically who carries it. And it can be buried in the ground or in a mausoleum, which is essentially a wall. Right. And so then he asks more questions, all these things. And I'm like, all right, I mean, we can, we can talk about it. That's, that's good. You know? Uh Um, But they're just completely opposite ends of the spectrum, which with the things that are like important to them that they're curious about yeah so um but they definitely understand so they're at the age that they know that what death means that they're not coming back like Mm -hmm. i feel like you know depending on the age there's a time when you're like oh they died and they're like oh well won't we see them again and it's like depending on what you believe or whatever but you know no not here not you know in reality you're not going to see them again right they're not going to come to anything they're 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 gone um and definitely the twins understand that that's good so um it's definitely interesting though like it's it's something different than not i feel like i don't fully remember when my grandparents passed mm-hmm. when I was younger. So. Was that your first experience yes. with your grandparents? Yes. Okay. Yeah. And I was young. I mean, it's been. Yeah. I think you said 30 you, years. you were eight. Yeah. Yeah. So it's been a long time. And I really don't. I remember the wake, but I don't remember like how right. it was explained or details or any of those things. And then really after that, I didn't have losses very close to me until recently so right. what, knock on wood luckily we didn't i mean there were obviously other people in the family and um sure. you know my husband's grandfather and aunt who we were close to but again not until i was closer to an adult yeah so yeah yeah i mean i'm trying to remember if my father's sister or my great-grandmother passed away first mm-hmm. um i think my dad my aunt mm-hmm. did um she had cancer um, and I remember finding out that she had passed away, and I think I maybe I was eight, same, yeah, same around the same range age, as yeah. you were. Mm-hmm. Um, and we were 
pretty close to her fam, mm-hmm. you know, as a family member. Sure. They lived in like the next town over, okay. and we saw them eh, not like every week or anything like but that, still but every so often, yeah. more than just like the birthday parties. Yeah, you but know, once a year at the holiday. <laughs> yeah, so you know, yeah. I mean, often enough, and mm-hmm. um, but I don't remember very much. I don't remember. Yeah. Um, the experience itself, going mm-hmm. to like the wake. I I know I went. Sure. I don't remember it very well. Yeah. Um, my great grandmother passed away when, like I said, probably pretty close. Maybe I was about ten. Okay. Um, I feel like I remember that better. So maybe yeah, a little it, bit. Older. I was a bit older. Yeah. Although I know I saw her quite often because we used to go to my grandmother's house every yeah. weekend and for the day. Yeah. And... My my kids' experience is vastly different because. My grandparents lived in Florida, so right. they didn't know them. They didn't see them. Right. Like, you know, my parents, they see every few days. I right. mean, not for the last few months, but on a normal well, basis, sure. they yeah. see, you know, once or twice a week. You um, know, and it's funny yeah. that you say that. I know that we try to avoid the topic as much as possible, mm-hmm. but it really puts into perspective this whole situation that the people that that your children have grown close to, they haven't seen very much yeah. in the last few months. Yeah, for sure. And, and not that this is necessarily the case with your parents, but there are people that they've seen that they haven't seen that could pass away oh, for sure. without really seeing them a whole lot, yeah. if ever again. Mm-hmm. And um, and I think that, I think that some of uh, this older generation here is starting to kind of realize that, and they're yeah. starting to. I know that, I know that my parents are very, very careful, and mm-hmm. they, you know, they're not really yeah, they're not going out taking too much, many risks. and they yeah. don't do very much, and mm-hmm. and they're both extremely cautious with not touching your face and washing your sure. hands and wearing sure. a mask, and they do all of those things. Yeah, um, but they just really struggle with not seeing the grandchildren. And I know we've talked about that yeah. before because um, you made that joke about how your folks went around your back and, like, you know, oh, yeah, went to sure. your husband about yeah, taking like, hey, your son so to we're going to do this. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, no, I, I think that that interaction is so important, especially in them, because really – like for my parents, their grandkids like keep them going some yeah. days. And I, as an example, my dad's cousin, my dad's cousin, yeah, my dad's cousin passed away during COVID. I mean, he was in his eighties, but he right. he passed away. He had grandkids and great grandkids, and I don't know how often they saw him the last few months. But um, you know, not well, too long ago, he, I mean, if he was in a care facility, he probably hadn't seen well, anybody. He, he wasn't okay. until the last week. Okay. So he was on hospice for like a few days before he passed. So oh. He was at home, but I don't know how That's often good. they saw him realistically. And it was probably May, I would guess, towards the end because they were allowed to have 10 people at a time in the funeral home with masks and then they had to rotate out and they had to be immediate family i mean it wasn't like you couldn't have a lot of people which is hard for my this is my dad's side of the family so like huge my grandpa had 20 brothers and sisters between two different moms like i mean there was a ridiculous amount of people i mean we had 350 people at our wedding and it was all my family like right you know huge italian family and so that's hard for them to not be able to do a large gathering but so they had 
10 people at a time in and out. And, um, they're not close enough to my kids for them to know, but they, he has grandkids and kids and great grandkids and, you know, who knows how often they really got to see them, um, toward, you know, the last few months. So it's just a unfortunate situation, but yeah, it's interesting, but I definitely know that for my parents and I'm sure for yours, like seeing the grandkids really boosts their morale and yeah. like keeps them going mentally and emotionally so it's like you know it's a risk but it's also kind of worth it you right. know in the long run yeah so no i know exactly what you mean and it, yeah i mean i like i said before i'm not sure if i remember how i experienced mm-hmm. and learned you know we had pets pass away when i was growing sure. up too um, but this whole situation that we're dealing with now, I think, you know, like you said, I mean, it's put our, our older family members into a position where they're kind of like weighing the pros and cons yeah. of how they intend to spend what could foreseeably be the last few years of their mm-hmm. lives. And yeah, what are they supposed to do right now? And yeah. I think make it that, worth it and take a risk. It's kind of like you're, yeah. you know, you have to make that decision what's you know there's there's been a lot of talk of even still like um you know restricting where you're going and isolating and things like that but there's been so much also talk of the mental health aspect of being social and being around family and yeah you know all of that you kind of have to weigh the pros and cons well (laughs) yeah i had this conversation uh with my sister-in-law actually yesterday and we had decided to let the kids go swimming together and um they were in the pool Mm -hmm. and my sister-in-law is sitting on the other side of the deck and we're chatting sure and we're outside and um and i said you know i i respect the idea of minimizing the people that you're around and distancing yourselves and being safe and you know we're not inside their house all eating out of the same bowl of soup or anything you know (laughs) yeah but i said and I know that what we're doing right now with the kids and they're playing together and they're all together, that there is a risk there. Sure. But yep. that's not the same as being at home in your house with the doors locked with just the members immediate of your immediate family. family. Yep. And I said, but I'll be honest with you, if we go on much longer, they're going to start to really feel it. Yes. And it's going to hurt. Mm-hmm. Um, and I already got little glimmers of that. You know, I already have my oldest who's like, we were talking about the potential of going back to school in the mm. fall, and he was sort of like, nah, I just want to stay home and sit on the couch and do nothing. <laughs> oh, and no, I was no, just no. like, yeah. <laughs> about that. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and it's not that I think, oh, my gosh, he needs to get out of here. I need, him, I need to be rid of him. It's that I don't want him to think that that is preferable. No, and that's not the, the general shouldn't sense. be the new normal of... Yes. Yeah, no. We, he needs to he needs to fight me on not seeing his friends and needs to be True. I want to go now and I want him to do that because I want I don't want this to damage him irreparably mm-hmm. that he isn't around other kids all the time. Which it, it it actually is going to affect our kids probably significantly in terms of their normal, what they're used to and depending on how everything goes the next few months and going yeah. back to school and fall and whatnot, but this will forever be a part of kind of their development but you know um 
it's good for them to be around people. And we do have to weigh the pros and cons. We're taking a risk, but I think being around people is good. And, yeah. you know, you just never know. Like, there's people that are young that die. There's people that are old that die. You truly never know. Like, you need to take every day and try and live the best life that you can and try and be happy. Find something happy in every day, you know? Yeah. And I feel like I've there was a time in the last few months that I did not feel that way. I was definitely yeah. not as okay silver lining but i feel like lately we have to and we have to do that for the kids too you know yeah, for everybody around absolutely. you absolutely somebody has to be that positive outlook so i'm, I'm working on it <laughs> that's <laughs> good all that's right good. me too let's talk about our second bell's beer here really fast we're gonna drink oberon ale which is an american wheat ale Ooh, okay. um I know I've had Oberon before, but I've it's probably been even longer than since Two Hearted. I have no, I couldn't even tell you the last time I had Oberon. So Oberon is an interesting beer. It's another one that you can pretty much get most times. It actually was originally first brewed in 1992 under a different name. It was known as Soul Sun. Um, huh. so it was originally released in 22 ounce, bo- 22 ounce bottles, which is wow. okay. interesting. Um, it, the name was changed to Oberon in 97, some sort of trademark concern with another brewery and Larry Bell chose the name Oberon because he played Oberon, the king of the fairies, in his sixth grade production of A Midsummer Night Dream. <laughs> so I don't know if you knew that, but that is where That's so the funny. name came from. You know, it's my husband and I at one point had a conversation about um, naming beers. You know, if we ever had a brewery, sure. yeah. what would we name beers? And we agreed that we would name beers um, names of people that we know. And we would just make some sort of connection to that person. Okay. So, for example, we would have a Lauren. Yeah. <laughs> and we would have a Tori, my brother. And we would have, you know, a Joe for my dad. And, yeah. You know, and there would just be... Uh, and I think that's actually kind of... And, you know, maybe it would be more than that, but that would be the the gist of the sure, naming sure. of beers. And uh, I love when I get to hear the origin story right? of beer name. It's this is cool. awesome, though. I this like is it. Good. His character in a play from sixth grade. They have a variant, essentially, of this, which I have never tried. Um, And I don't know how often they brew it, but they have a mango habanero Oberon They just posted on Facebook, I think, today. Oh, really? That they're releasing mango. I don't know if it's mango habanero. Uh, Yeah. Um, I feel like I've had mango habanero Oberon at Chuck's Barbecue in Darien. We almost went there today. It was closed closed on mondays in case you're curious i didn't know that now you know they're closed very, on mondays that's interesting i was saddened that they Monday were closed is like our best opportunity to go have a meal out okay. because my husband is done at five o'clock and he uh, only lives about 15 minutes away okay um yeah otherwise he gets home after six or after later, dinner right and so it's just not kind happening. of a pain to try to go somewhere mm-hmm. a little bit later or it's me, and I'm coming from 40 minutes away. Right, which doesn't make sense. Which so, is yeah. not, I, I mean, not impossible, but not ideal. So I yeah. didn't know that. I didn't know that they weren't open. I strongly recommend that you try the Caesar salad, by the way. Really? It's mm. got a little, like, um, jalapeno in it. Ooh. Like, not actual pieces of jalapeno, sure, but like the in flavor. the dressing. Okay. And it's got a really 
good kick. Hmm. Um, I get it with some uh, Cajun grilled chicken, ah, and nice. I actually get it for my meal usually. But it's yeah, no, that this sounds is good. Super off topic, but I think it's related because of the mango mango Oberon. habanero Oberon. Yeah, no, now I need chucks. I'm looking for barbecue. Yeah, one day. Oh, I love the barbecue. Yeah. They have some good appetizers too, where you and can they get... usually have a really good beer list. Yes, they do. So. They and they feature breweries mm-hmm. every month, which is nice. Mm-hmm. So, what do you think of Oberon? It's good. It's smooth. The mouth feel mm. is very smooth. Um, regular wheat ales are not my favorite. I like Berliner Weisses, which is a wheat but sour, ironically. Uh-huh. I don't necessarily love plain wheat. But this is actually one that I feel like I could I could sit and drink. I think I would like it pretty cold. Though. Yeah, these are just a smidge warmer now because yeah. we took them out, you know, 36 minutes ago. I, well, even a bit longer ago than yeah. that because they were out when, but I when feel we got like, together. Yeah, but. this, uh, it's smooth. It's very smooth. Um, there's almost no aftertaste to this beer at all, I, I don't think. No. Um, so this is, to me, almost like a, a summery kind of drink, served very cold, no aftertaste pretty light i don't know what the abv on it is um 5.8 okay so it's a pretty light just uh yeah wheat beer yeah i mean correct me if i'm wrong but this is a summer release for them mm-hmm. right i mean they commonly well, only release this summer. correct uh i think they released this one like within the last month honestly right yeah i don't think it's been that was their 2020 I think their yeah. 2020 t- release has been within the last month or so. But yes, they typically only release this in the summer. Yeah, this was packaged on May 27th, 2020. There you go. So by yep. the time you guys hear this episode, we'll be almost two months There you go. since yeah. then. Yeah, too hearted you can get pretty much all the time, but Oberon you're only going to get in the summer months wow, typically, I believe. Wow, this Too Hearted was packaged on June 18th. Wow, that's, that's new, fresh. new. Too Hearted, actually, the second version started as a winter ale. Huh. And then they started just releasing it all the time. Okay. But yeah, it started as a seasonal, um, and then people loved it so much that they just started distributing it, brewing it all the time. Um, but yeah, Oberon is a summer ale, and this is actually a perfect summer ale, I think. I agree. Even, yeah. yeah, I think this is great. We should put it in an ice tray and eat it as popsicles. Mm. I mean, it would water down a bit because we typically beer doesn't freeze very well. But <laughs> yes, logistically, you're trying, you're getting the, no, the, no, yeah. the, the gear I spinning. Mean, but I just mean like, yeah. <laughs> that's somehow is how I pictured it for some odd reason. I don't know why. All right, fair. No, this is good. This it's is just a good got summer that- ale. Yeah, it's just got that light, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's very light. It's smooth. It's light. It's smooth. Fizzy, like. Yeah. yeah, it's if you're looking for something that's not fruit. So there's so many of the citrusy and other things. Like this is a very, this is a great option if you're looking for something that's not citrusy but still summery mm-hmm. and light. So that's how I would describe yeah. this one. Um, that was perfect. Yeah. You took the words right out of my mouth. I just couldn't. <laughs> Put anything else together after that. That's perfect. Other than popsicles. All right. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like I'm going to regret that. (laughs) All right, guys. Well, thank you for joining us. Again, we're Parenting by the Pint. Follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Remember to rate, review, and subscribe so that you can get updates on our newest episodes that come out. And we will talk to you again soon. Yep. Bye-bye. (laughs) Bye-bye.